0: This is Boss Tone Radio, talk for guitar players, from BossUS.com. Hi, Paul Hanson here. Welcome to the 20th edition of Boss Tone Radio. This is our 20th show. And today, on the line, we have someone pretty cool, Rusty Anderson. Rusty has played with tons of big-time artists but he's probably most famous for his current gig, which he's had for about eight or nine years, um, as the guitarist for Paul McCartney's band. Or maybe I should say Sir Paul McCartney's band. Rusty is also a solo artist, and he's got a brand new album out. It's called Born on Earth, available at Amazon or downloaded iTunes or check out Rusty's site, rustyanderson.com. Anyway, let's check out a little bit of Rusty here. This is an excerpt from the title cut, Born on Earth, and then we'll get Rusty on the phone. How's it going, Rusty? It's going good. I really dig that guitar sound that you got on that tune. Huh? The main riff, it, um, there's a certain distortion. It's almost like the mic Prees are distorting or something like that.
1: Um, no, not that. I, just, um, I think I was using my 335, most likely. Maybe a less Paul, but probably 335 and my um, divided by 13, uh, 412 cab. And, um, and I was using. A Laney head, old you know '70s one. I you know when I'm touring, all I use is divided by 13 amps.
0: Divided by 13.
1: Yeah. Play in the studio, then I can use different things. I use those a lot, and I use other various older amps that are sitting around that you know I wouldn't want to necessarily take on the road with me. You know. Yeah. That are maybe they do one thing really cool. This does that thing. That that's what I like about the divided bys is they're pretty versatile. You know, like an old amp but new so they're not going to start humming and buzzing and (laughs) having (laughs) problems on the road, you know.
0: Um, So many guitar players have home studios. Do you have a home studio? I do. Did you record Born on Earth at home?
1: I think I recorded most of it there, yeah.
0: Do you have a room where you can mic up drums and all those mic Yeah, it's
1: great. It's been growing. I started off at the Porta Studio a few years back, and then it just keeps growing and growing and growing, (laughs) and now uh, I'm lucky enough to have separate drum room and a vocal booth and a control room and a machine room and all that
0: when you're recording yourself singing are you Uh, in the control room
1: uh no i have a vocal booth
0: so someone else engineers
1: sometimes i'll have someone else engineers sometimes i'll run back and forth i I need to get it like some sort of laptop remote thing set up which i haven't done yet but Uh i'll just do the uh so low tech run back and forth thing sometimes (laughs) too
0: are you one of those guys like me that sometimes does 75 different takes and then other times you get it on the first try?
1: Yeah, it depends. Um, Sometimes you have that first, first take magic thing happen. And then Uh a lot of times, you know, it's, you've got to mess around with it to kind of search through your muse and find the right flow to something or find Uh the right texture. Yeah. Or if you're doing vocals, yeah, just, you know, you get the right vibe and the right feel and, and they're in tune and all that. And, and that's that's the beauty of Pro Tools.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess it's beautiful.
0: I guess there's an ease to computer recording, and you're not using tape.
1: Well, actually, yeah. the final process on this record was to I have a a, um, a, a half inch machine. It's an Ampex.
0: Ampex. Yeah, it's a really warm sounding record. We grew up listening to stuff recorded on tape, and
1: well, I, my my sort of angle has always been to to get everything to be as natural and warm as possible in that respect, because I'm not really into the digital sound. But it, it is a computer world, and that's the way things are going these days. So it's funny, because the guy who mixed most of the record actually mixes it in the box, you know, in the...
0: In the, the computer. Schools,
1: and mm-hmm. um, he, he manages to somehow get more of a warm sound uh, from his mixes big, fat, warm sounds, more than uh, people I've worked with that go through big mixing boards and stuff. So
0: There's all those plug-ins now that emulate the old gear, and, yeah, I think we're getting close. Let's go back in time. Uh, we'll get back to your album, but um, okay. I read you grew up in La Habra, uh-huh. L.A., just a suburb of, of L.A.
1: Orange County, yeah.
0: Did you hang out at the beach a lot as a kid?
1: I did go to the beach sometimes, but uh, I, I was not really a big, you know, beach fanatic surfer kid or anything
0: <laughs> you stayed home and practiced
1: something like that yeah i think i got my first electric when i was eight years old and i just became inseparable with the guitar that's all i cared about really
0: was it easy for you when you first started
1: um no it wasn't it was really a bitch yeah. <laughs> and I, but i was so into it it didn't matter almost it just it was sort of based on drive, I think if you've got enough drive, you'll you'll really break nice. through the initial barriers. Like, I used to teach guitar a bit. A lot of people would complain about it hurting their fingers and that. And and at the time, I had a, a, a funky guitar. It was a Kent, an old, you know,
0: pawn shop uh, guitar. Uh-huh.
1: And um, strings were fat and rusted, and the nut was high, and it was uh. hard to play. But I just didn't know you could change any of that. Yeah. So I just... Of course not. My parents didn't have a lot of money, and, and I just kind of dealt with it.
0: I remember that first time learning that F bar chord where you have to bar across the yeah. first fret.
1: Fs and B flats, they're, they're tough right? I'm mean, oh. a funky guitar.
0: At what point did you decide to be a guitarist for your career, or was it something you always knew?
1: Um, I think when I was five, I sort of flipped out on music, and I just feel like I've been doing the same thing since I was five, basically. it it, it sort of found me I always thought it'd be tough to have to work it out on paper like make a big list of things that you could possibly do and pick (laughs) one you know that would be that would be hard yeah I never really did that
0: sounds a lot like me I I'm a guitar player too I did this thing this year I was thinking about do I feel any different than I did when I was like eight or ten or twelve and I don't think I do yeah I'm the same guy
1: I think I stopped at 15 and a half.
0: <laughs> As a kid, you formed the band Eulogy, the uh-huh. Orange County Band. So did you guys play the Starwood and the Whiskey
1: uh-huh. 80s? Yeah, it was uh, crazy times. I've done so many. I've been in a million different bands and uh-huh. played a million different clubs. And, you know, I've done the touring around in a van. I was in a band called Edna Swap and we, in the 90s, and we toured around... Um, in a van and 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 argued in the snow and <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that I band
1: paul i do yeah. you know private planes and and uh you know so i've kind of done it all really
0: fast forward just for a segue with paul mccartney you you're not in a tour bus you're actually in private planes
1: for the most part yeah occasionally we do a tour bus but very very seldomly
0: i always wondered about that i mean i would think from your gig if you got a gig with Led Zeppelin, that would be a step down,
1: you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing, and I, I feel very fortunate to be yeah. part of it.
0: Um, Paul McCartney is now a knight, so I was trying to figure out: should I say, Sir Paul McCartney? You know, we're Americans. I don't know—is right. is that fairly important? Oh, I think
1: most people just call him Paul. I mean, I guess you, uh-huh. you some people do call him Sir Paul. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think he, he's not that formal about it.
0: I have so many other questions about Paul McCartney and other stuff. But first, um, let's listen to another cut from your album, Born on Earth. This is an excerpt from the song, Timed Exposure. Well, I have a story to tell Yeah, i just want to ask you a little bit more about your past okay. your band edna swap had a female singer uh-huh. and female uh, drummer female drummer too yeah and you guys wrote and and recorded that song torn that was right. natalie and bruglia's like massive right huge number one hit did you help write that
1: uh not technically mm-hmm. i mean i did i wrote the the slide riff at the end, and I played all the guitars on the demo, which they basically karaoke'd for the Natalie's hit.
0: That was such an awesome song, and
1: uh, yeah, it was quite big. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Did you like her version of it?
1: Oh, uh, yes and no. She basically just kind of emulated the demo that we had done when Edna Swap was just for, starting out. So a lot of it's timing, and there's so many yeah. factors involved, you know.
0: I read after th- after you left that band, you recorded with. Elton John, and Willie Nelson, Sinead O'Connor, The Wallflowers, yeah. Jewel, Santana, Stevie Nicks—any of those sessions stand out in your memory?
1: Um, not per se. It's, you know, it's it's a when you go in and, and do the recording, it becomes like a sort of a spiritual, cerebral muse connection, and you just go in and. Uh-huh. And for me, I just want to contribute something and and make it better if possible. So. Uh-huh. Uh, you never know to what degree, you know, your stuff gets featured and all that. And, um, uh-huh. I've had, you know, I've, I've done a lot of really fun recordings. I've done a ton of them, you know, over the Man. last bunch of years. And I know that working on the new radicals record, that was really fun.
0: The new radicals. huh?
1: Yeah. I did a tune with Willie and that was really fun too with Willie Nelson. and And we sort of. He was gracious enough to sort of let me kind of keep the time, and then he would flow in around it. And it was really interesting because it was all live, where a lot of the stuff is, uh-huh. is overdubbed, Right. you know, where maybe I'll come in and the artist isn't there. or Sometimes you work directly with them. Like with Elton John, I worked on half that record, and we did it all live. Like he'd just get, Bernie would hand him some lyrics, and he'd just write the song right there. And 50 wow. minutes later, we'd be working out the chords and just start going. You know? Wow. Really crazy process, and it's always different.
0: We'll back to Willie Nelson, I saw him at the Grand Old Opry, and I just couldn't believe how good he was and how musical and...
1: Yeah, just,
0: Yeah, and a good guitar player, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I read you played on Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca. Yeah. I love that song. <laughs> it's
1: a great oh, cool. song. cool.
0: So by 2001, you'd done all these sessions. Then you got a call to uh, go and record with Paul McCartney?
1: Yeah, basically um, a producer that I'd worked with, um, David Kahn. I worked with him a lot and, and he got the gig with Paul and and uh, so he brought Abe and I in.
0: Abe Laboriel Jr.
1: And we did the uh, Driving Rain record and then that was sort of the beginning of this current band that we, we've we been working with Paul now, I guess since 2001. So,
0: What was it like when you first met Paul?
1: Uh, it was pretty trippy, you know, I mean, oh, being a, I mean, the Beatles were sort of the reason that I started playing music when I was five. Me too. And uh, yeah, so oh. it was a pretty amazing hookup, you know, like I never really thought I'd be meeting a Beatle much less playing with one. So <laughs> I kind of, you know, met it. I walked into Henson studio and
0: former A&M studios. Uh,
1: there was some different folks with English accents and I met some different people. And then I finally met Paul and, I was feeling rather kind of electrified or, you know, yeah. you know, that feeling of hyper aware. Yeah. And that lasted off and on for maybe three or four or five days. So I finally could kind of settle down. I mean, the good thing is that playing music is something I've done so much of. So it was really a good focus. We could go in and play music instead of just sitting there looking, staring at each other, you know, and oh, talking or whatever, and, uh, yeah, we worked quite quickly, actually. We recorded most of the record in, in two weeks. It was pretty surreal looking over and, and seeing Paul there with his Hoffner singing and playing guitar. And
0: uh, like, wow. wow,
1: this is really trippy.
0: That was the Driving Rain album. Yeah.
1: yeah. And now it's cool because it's it's the exciting part is still there. But to me, Paul is a guy. I mean, he wears a million hats. He He's the rock star. He's the friend. He's... You know, mm-hmm. he, he wears a lot of different hats, as we all do more and more as we, you know, get older, but he, him especially.
0: Well, I grew up, you know, um, saving up enough money so I could ride my bike down to the store and buy a Beatles record. The first one I bought was Revolver, and yeah, he's b- way bigger than life
1: Yeah, to me, too. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, is if you're a big Beatles fan, you've listened to all those records, and you've flipped out on their wealth of incredible music, then it's it's a powerful thing, you know.
0: Yeah. I have a friend, Steve Dudas, who played with Ringo, and Ringo was, Steve told me that Ringo was, at the sessions, was all about the vibe and making everybody comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Is Paul like that, or is Paul, the Liverpool work ethic, get to it? What's it like recording with him?
1: Um, Well, there's been different situations when we were working with driving with him on Driving Rain, it was all pretty, just go out and do it. Just have fun. And uh, it was not stressful. I mean, it was kind of like, like you do when you record. And then I know when we worked on uh, Memory Almost Full, I think that, mm-hmm. I don't know, I think he was a little bit more kind of, things in his life were a little bit crazier and oh, yeah. rockier. And and I think he was a lot more meticulous, too, like his approach in the record. he He was a lot more specific about Uh about little details and stuff so I've had a lot of different experiences you know we've recorded Abbey Road Wow. we've done recordings at his own studio in the countryside in London we've done um, Driving Rain was was done at Henson Studios in LA yeah we've recorded at Rack Studios another one in London so it's been a lot of different different experiences and and different sort of eras or time frames evening with
0: you This concludes the first segment of Boston Radio 20th edition. Stay tuned to the second segment. Rusty's going to tell us more stories and interesting stuff about playing with Paul McCartney and his hugely varied career. Um, underneath so us, we're listening to Private Moonflower from Rusty's Born on Earth album. And I told Rusty I'd plug his website. That's rustyanderson.com.